0: Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. Welcome to the monsoon.
1: Hey it's Atomic Monsoon. It is. And that <laughs> was mean, a theme song. That was a theme song. It was by the Def M Records All-Stars. Hey, you should stop listening to us right now. You should go to com and go find some new great rock and roll music.
0: And then come back and listen.
1: And then come back and listen to us. Because we're going to talk about Batman.
0: Yeah. Specific Batman.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Rather than, like, the entirety of Superman or the entirety of the X-Men. We were like, what if, what if we just talked about One, one particular form of Batman?
0: Yeah. Specifically, the Michael Keaton Batman.
1: Yeah, specifically the first 1989 Batman movie. Yeah. As opposed to the other 1989 Batman movies, I guess. There weren't any others. Yeah. There was just the one. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Josh, I was like six when this movie came out.
0: Yeah, uh, so I would have been, uh, let's see, it was 89, right? Yeah. yeah so yeah. I, I would have been eight years old.
1: Yeah, it was June, so my birthday hadn't hit yet.
0: Recently. Oh, yeah, I would have just turned eight years okay, old.
1: Okay, yeah. Um So I remember there being a lot of hype for this movie as a kid, being very excited because I I knew who Batman was because I'm sure I'd watched Super Friends. Yeah. Uh, But I also remember the Family Channel just airing the 1966 Adam West series like ad nauseum for a while. It was two episodes a day, every day. And because every episode is two-parter, you would think, oh, that's great, you get the entire adventure. But no. (laughs) What they would do is they would show part one of an episode on Monday And then after that, they would show part one of another episode. And then on Tuesday, you'd get the two part twos. And somehow they got it offset. So, like, you get part one on Monday and part two of another episode after that on Monday. So you were always getting an end and a beginning. Of different episodes? Of different episodes. So you had to watch every day. Oh, that's crazy. And you had to watch both episodes to keep track of everything. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. As a result, I didn't understand how the seasons in that show worked. Uh I just remember watching a lot of Batman and sometimes Batwoman was or Batgirl was in it and sometimes she wasn't.
0: Yeah, I remember uh not that, but I remember them doing this split show with that and uh um uh Green Hornet. Yeah. That they would do that only occasionally cuz okay. there was only like six episodes of Green Hornet. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. I remember there would be like on a Fridays or something like that when they would show the for what local here in AZ anyway sure. in Pine Top. Okay. Uh they would show the – you'd get like a half an episode of Batman and then a half an episode of Green Hornet, and the next week would be the other half of those episodes. Oh, interesting. It was just a Friday kind of thing. Like, huh. stay tuned next Friday for the continuation of the Green Hornet. You okay. Know, actually, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was the only way we saw the Green Hornet stuff because – there's right, like six episodes, so
1: I didn't realize there was that little of it,
0: yeah, there was it might have been more episodes than that, but okay. it, there were very few it was but only if it one was, if yeah it was
1: like six two two-parters to make yeah a it was full like one one yeah.
0: single season of that show, and I'm not yeah. sure how many episodes of it were total, like sure yeah. so yeah, let's say you know twenty yeah. episodes maybe, right, but right. still, there were way more episodes of Batman, oh than yeah. That, so. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so I know I watched a ton of Batman, yeah, um I actually didn't see this movie in theaters either.
0: Yeah, I didn't get to. Uh, funny story: uh, the theater in my hometown. Yeah. Uh, the night that this movie premiered, June twenty
1: third, um, nineteen eighty nine.
0: Yes. So that night, uh, they did one showing of this show in the single theater, single screen theater in our mm-hmm. small little town, and uh, the theater burned to the ground that night. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> there was a uh, a <laughs> fire. Well, it didn't actually burn to the ground. It, it just it it mostly burned, but. Uh, uh, yeah, there was a, a fire of some kind in the projection booth. Uh, they never did say what kind. Okay. Um, I'm guessing because it was kids uh-huh. running the projection booth. Somebody probably left a cigarette or something or, you know, did something oh, stupid. Oh, jeez. Caught uh, some of the celluloid up on fire uh-huh. up there and uh, oh. the whole attic went on fire oh, and boy. ended up burning down through it and everything. And, uh, oh, jeez. So, yeah, people in my small town, like 20 people got to see Batman. <laughs> oh, no. Was, <laughs> the rest no- of us. Was anyone hurt in that fire? No, or? no, no. Everything okay. was fine. The th- it wasn't during the movie. Okay. It was, it was just that afterwards. night. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. But, uh, yeah, so it burned to the ground. So uh, we got to see commercials and stuff like that. But yeah. uh, I had all kinds of toys and everything waiting for it when it finally came out on VHS and – Man, oh man, did I drive my mom nuts when that was getting ready to come out. So she went and bought it right when it came out. So we oh, you know, we would leave her alone.
1: Yeah, uh I actually I have in my notes here. I took some notes, but not nearly as many as I did last week for X-Men. Um that the movie came out uh in November of eighty nine, November fifteenth, so less than six months. Okay. Um, which was very unusual at the time. Most movies took a year to a year and a half to get yeah. out on on home video after their theatrical release. Um I remember specifically my dad and I, when it came out on video, like we we drove around from video store to video store in the Boston area. Um, I, we, we must have hit at least a dozen video stores yeah. and everywhere was just rented out. And we ended up hitting this small mom and pop place that we'd never heard of before. I couldn't tell you the name of it or even what city it was in because we drove to so many. And uh, at the end of it, I was so exhausted. Like I didn't want to go in. So I just stayed in the car <clears throat> And my dad went in and had to sign up for a new membership at a new video store. And he already had, a, like, 10 video cards in his wallet <laughs> at that point. Um, and and But we got the last copy in that shop. Yeah. Um, and I know <laughs> I watched it that night. And I'm pretty sure I fell asleep during part of it. Because it was, by the time we were done, like, by the time we got home, it was, like, 9 o'clock, yeah. right? And I was 7. Um, when it was, you know, just way past my bedtime. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I watched some of it and fell asleep. But I know I watched it. At least a couple times over that weekend. Yeah. So
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember how excited I was when uh, we we got that one because how neat the the box for the VHS was just at the time. Just case. that black case, just that solid black case with a big Batman symbol. It would actually mm-hmm. wrap to the sides of yeah. the box. Yeah. Which nothing, nothing else did that. Nothing was, it was doing that. Nothing like that so, on the VHS So,
1: Fun story about that. Uh, it turns out, <laughs> it's funny. My notes are all natural. Um, <laughs> where did I? Uh, Happy little accident. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, hundreds of pieces of art were created in promotion for the movie. Yeah. And at the end of it, they were just like, we're not, we're not going to use any of these. And they decided to just use that black and gold logo um, to, according to Tim Burton, quote unquote, keep an air of mystery about the film. Because they were like, we're doing Batman. And he's creature of the night. People shouldn't know. Uh, and that logo was designed by Bill Garland. At yeah. the BD Fox ad agency,
0: I mean, so. it worked. It was it. I still remember exactly what that VHS looked like. And, yeah, you know, just it was super iconic, and it was still one of those ones even years later. Go back through, like, oh yeah, Batman, I
1: like that. <laughs> so here's here's a fun story about that uh, particular logo. Is even the laserdisc copy that I have, right? Yeah. and laserdisc, you know, the big twelve-inch square like a like a vinyl record. Mm-hmm. Even that one, it's the big old logo, and the sides are cut off. Just like the VHS. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like, that was part of the marketing huh. for everything is, like, it's the logo, but you don't get the sides. Don't get the
0: sides. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. wonder why that was.
1: I don't know. <laughs> But it's it again. It keeps it mysterious. Now, you right? know what I it's, can't
0: remember now. Yeah. On, did the cover of it? Did it have the extra little tail things on the bat symbol? It did not. I didn't think so. It was yeah. It the, was the actual bat symbol. The logo that just Batman
1: the black wears one. in the movie is different than the logo for marketing. Yeah. Which is strange. I I feel like oh. that shouldn't have happened. Um. But that's that's. The way nah, I think it was a Tim it, Burton so. thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He, well. But yeah. all his own little individual flares on things throughout the movies and, and everything. A lot of times that marketing stuff is being
1: worked on, um, like at, like during the movie. So yeah. the suit may not have been finished. They may not have had everything right. Yeah. Like, so yeah, it wasn't. It didn't. And they also exactly right, they
0: but, were rebooting superhero movies and stuff anyway. So right. who knows when decisions were made on certain things?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so the story of this movie actually starts in 1979.
0: Really? Yeah. Uh, That's which, a that's a, quite a bit of development hell there. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, so basically um, Batman, you know, the, the Adam West series ended in 1968, right? Yeah. And, and so by the end of the 70s, like, the comics were still kind of running silly, campy Batman stories. Um,
0: he was still getting t- uh, handcuffed typewriters and stuff.
1: Yeah. Still Biff Bang Pow, yeah. everything, right? Yep, yep. Um, and CBS, actually, who who aired the TV show, was interested in producing a Batman and outer space movie. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> right. That's the reaction you're supposed to give to that sentence, um, but uh, it was Benjamin. M- I could
0: have totally seen them doing that during the Adam West era.
1: Yeah, and I, I think I think that <laughs> and I think it would probably been all right. They still had that in mind, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's, let's let's. I don't know. I don't know. I just
0: can't be Batman.
1: Can't be Batman in space. Totally, totally makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Benjamin Melnicker and Michael Uslan. Uh, purchased the film rights for Batman from D.C. in 1979. Um, Uslan said that his wish was to, quote-unquote, make the definitive, dark, serious version of Batman the way Bob Kane and Bill Finger had envisioned him in 1939, a creature of the night, stalking criminals in the shadows.
0: This is different than the Batman in space people? Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Sorry, 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 sorry. sorry. I thought this was like this. I was like... (laughs) I don't, I don't. I don't think Bill Finger and Bob Kane had anything to do with Batman in space. No. no <laughs> okay. Okay. No. Same I, page I again. apologize.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, but all, you know, as he was shopping around and trying to make a dark, series Batman, um, studios were still like, "Well, no, like, but Batman is the Adam West show. Yeah. That's, that's all anyone had seen. That's all, like, you know, outside of the comic audience. Yeah. Like, that's all anyone knew about Batman. And so, yeah, it was it was um, a long time to yeah. try and shop around.
0: Uh, well, I'm sure they probably uh, uh, got a little pushback, too, when they the the Punisher Dolph Lundgren flick came out that was a dark, gritty, rated-R well, superhero movie and uh, <laughs> did not do well. C- certainly didn't help. Which a lot of people forget about that. That was the rated-R su- superhero movie way before Deadpool. Yeah,
1: I didn't realize that movie was rated-R. Interesting. Um, <laughs> so during during this process where they were shop, trying to shop it around and stuff, there were some, you know, some bid, like, you know, some studios were like, well, maybe, you know, whatever. And, and uh, you know, well, if we can get our guys to work on it, blah, blah, blah. Right. And at one point, uh, Ivan Reitman was considered as being the director. Really? Yeah. Yeah, which would have been a very different movie. A much imagine. different movie. Uh, Ivan Reitman, for anyone who doesn't remember, directed, you know, Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, and along those lines, Reitman uh, apparently wanted to cast Bill Murray as Batman and Eddie Murphy as Robin. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, if they were doing a, a Adam West style Batman. Oh, that would have been fantastic. I would have gotten behind that. That would. Okay. Yeah. I kind of wish they had made a movie with them I... that wasn't a Batman There's... movie.
1: Like, that would have. Yeah, how different would the world look now if that was our Man. big Batman reboot? Yeah. Yeah. Um so 1986 obviously The Dark Knight Returns came out. A couple years later The Killing Joke came out, right? The big big yeah. Let's reset Batman into being a dark
0: uh Yeah. Well, and this is also post the uh was the the crisis, crisis and yeah. everything mm-hmm. like that. So everything yeah. was was a little bit more yeah, streamlined and Batman had already kind of taken a little bit more adult tone at that point,
1: right? And so, along with that new tone, Warner Brothers was like, "Yeah, no, let's what? What if we did do that? That darker version that yeah. you guys were looking at, right?" And so, we're already like seven years after they bought the rights here for,
0: yeah. for that. He was still in blue, it. but it was right. much more adult themes and more right. serious storylines. They were going through like yeah. and it was drug a, it addictions was a, and killing, and you know, it wasn't and just it was a darker blue,
1: right? Yeah. Like it, already, you were getting kind of closer to the navy blue than the, yeah. the big bright cerulean that they were using before that. Um, And then, based on the financial success of Pee-wee's Big Adventure in 1985, Warner Brothers is like, hey, Tim Burton, why don't you direct Batman for us?
0: Again. Hey, one more thing we have to thank (laughs) Paul Reubens for.
1: I just, I, the the guy that directed Pee-wee's Big Adventure, which is a big, silly, funny movie, right? Like, there's moments in it that are kind of dark, but it's a fun, silly movie. I don't see how you get, you pick that guy to direct Batman.
0: Well, the cinematographer in it. ...is amazing. It is. It is. And I think that that's probably why. I... Because if you look at it from a technical standpoint, like an actual, like, filmmaking process, yeah. like, it, it's a really good movie. Oh, absolutely. Mean, yeah, it's Pee-wee's Big Adventure, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it, it, I mean, it's I just, actually technically really well made.
1: I think whoever made that decision still had the Adam West series in mind.
0: Possibly. Right.
1: And, and I think, I think it was the right decision, right? Like, yeah. I, I can't imagine oh, yeah, that yeah, first yeah. Batman movie not being directed by Tim Burton, but, no. like, I also think like, yeah, someone, someone at Warner Brothers said, yeah, let's do this. And someone else said, what about Tim Burton? Because that Pee-wee just made a bunch of money. And look, it looks just like the old Batman movie. Yeah. Or old Batman show, right? Like, and I could be wrong. That is purely speculation at my point. But
0: uh do Well, know. it could also have been one of those, because uh, a lot of things has to do with monetary value. Like, hey, he just made us a bunch of money on a Pee-wee movie.
1: That's true,
0: too. He yeah. might be able to make us some money on freaking Batman. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. Because they were thinking, Adam West Batman, like, well, if he can make Pee Wee make money, maybe he can make Bam Pip Wow make yeah, some money. Yeah, you know?
1: yeah. So, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Again, that's all speculation on yeah. my point. We just know that after Pee Wee was successful and some darker Batman comics came out, Warner Brothers came together and yeah. said, hey, here's two great flavors that might taste great together.
0: Started making his ears a little bit longer, darkening up those blues a little yeah,
1: bit. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, <clears throat> Uh, I don't have this on my notes, but I did read that um, prior to this movie, Tim Burton turns out was not a comic book fan because he didn't understand the order in which to read panels. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's left to right, top to bottom, just like, you know, reading. Yeah. But, yeah. Well. But if you look at a couple of them and no one ever really have anyone to guide you. And that
0: was, I mean, older comic books, yes. Now you can't always say that. That's fair. You can't always say that.
1: (laughs) That's fair. Although... Part of me is always upset when I can't say that because it's very easy to read dialogue bubbles out of order. Yes. And uh I that is a that is a craft that uh is underrated in yeah. comics and and good letterists will make sure your eye always goes in the right direction and bad letterists uh are bad. And if you notice it, they did it wrong. And that's that's just a fact. <laughs> yeah. Right. Fair enough. So and I – listen, having made webcomics for 15 years, I, I understand how difficult that process can be, yeah. you know? And it's it's not as easy as just, oh, yeah, I just put words here. It's like, well, yeah, but how much of the art do you cover up, you
0: yeah. know? Like, yeah, no, there's been times where I've opened up, like, a big splash page and I'm like, Whoa, okay, there's a bunch of dialogue bubbles. Where does this start at? Yeah. We, okay, this one top left, nope, that doesn't look – that looks like <laughs> the end of a sentence. Uh, oh, okay, it starts on the right this time. Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, See? That's bad. Yeah. That's just straight bad. Like, anyways – Um. So considered for the role of Batman by Warner Brothers were uh, some big name movie stars, right? Like okay. Mel Gibson, you know, Off the weapon and stuff. Yeah, lethal weapon, all those yeah. kinds of that stuff. Yeah,
0: I can see where that would have been an uh, interesting choice.
1: Kevin Costner was one of the choices again. Okay, I guess yeah.
0: he was he was a big actor at the time. Yep,
1: Charlie Sheen. Interesting. Yeah, he would have been. I feel like he would have been a little young at the time,
0: but yeah. But I could also see where they, that would have been an interesting choice because uh-huh. how uh, oh, man? I can't. What year was Major League?
1: uh right around that t- I think it is 7 yeah. okay so we're so, in
0: that time frame so yeah, yeah actually that might I mean yeah. I, it wouldn't have been my choice but it right. might not have been horrible right uh tom Selleck. right i <laughs> remember hearing that at one point in time <laughs> yeah and uh, that would make sense cuz i mean he was magnum pi <laughs> like super 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 yeah like yeah. superstar at the time uh him and uh, Old Jessica Fletcher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the biggest things on television <laughs> at the time. We could have gotten uh, Murder, She Wrote as, uh, <laughs> as, I don't know, someone. A Magnum P.I. Batman crossover.
1: Yeah. Uh, Bill Murray was, uh, you know, we mentioned earlier. Uh, Harrison Ford was considered. Uh, Harrison Ford, I think, could have been okay. I don't know that we needed him to be Han Solo and Anthony Jones and no, Batman. No, see, I but...
0: if I was going to cast him as a comic book person, I would when he was younger, cast him as Hal uh, Jordan. If they did some kind of Green Lantern okay. thing, okay. So
1: yes, definitely. Like,
0: that would have probably been a yeah. made More sense,
1: but this wasn't in the era of shared yeah. universe movies, yeah, 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 right? Yeah. This was we're doing one, yeah, right. So yeah, uh, Dennis Quaid was also considered. Um, Tim Burton himself was interested in uh, in Willem Dafoe, which again would have been a very different movie. Yeah,
0: um, I can see where he would have been a decent Joker though, if Jack Nicholson had so done it.
1: So it's interesting because the report there there are reports that. He was maybe cast to play, or maybe considered to play the Joker, but supposedly Burton was just like, "No, no, we wanted him. I wanted him for Batman." So I don't know. Uh, Again, just Willem Dafoe as either of those.
0: That whole mouth, chin, nose area—it's pretty, pretty pronounced. So I could see where he would probably look kind of.
1: Yeah, he could do do a lot of acting. He could do a lot of that
0: scary, like with the cowl on. I could see that. Yeah, but it might have been too scary though with Willem (laughs) Dafoe's Batman. It could have been Um, nightmare-inducing, like the. The Batman nightmare thing from the Batman Begins. Yeah, basically that yeah. Way is just Will Defoe. <laughs> it just it would have been <laughs>
1: just a no very, oil in his mouth. It's just Will A Very Dafoe. different everything. <laughs> um, Pierce Brosnan was approached, but he said he had no interest in playing a comic, uh, comic book character.
0: Yeah, that's probably for the better. Yeah,
1: um, good old John Peters, who uh, anyone that watched the evening with Kevin Smith will remember as the guy with the giant spider. Uh, he was one of the producers for this movie. And he suggested Michael Keaton because he had just watched Clean and Sober, which is a Keaton movie where he okay. had a dark, edgy quality. And Keaton was like, well, I actually just worked with Beetlejuice. So, yeah, let's yeah. –
0: let's." that's basically how that happened. See, and I always thought it was because of the Beetlejuice thing. Right. That, that yeah. was –
1: Yeah, point. and I'm um, – you know, I don't – you know, I, I only have to go by the sources. I didn't talk yeah. to the people. And to be honest, like, until
0: you said something about, like, that that the peewee thing and were like, I always thought Beetlejuice was why he got Batman.
1: Right, but – If you look at the timing, like Beetlejuice came out in '88, so Beetlejuice would have been coming out when they were supposed to be filming this. Yeah, you know, so like that, like that all sounds like good until you look at the timeline, timeline. and you're like, oh, that actually doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um. So for the Joker, (laughs) Tim Curry, David Bowie, John Lithgow, Ray Liotta, and James Woods were all considered.
0: You know, I actually would be interested to see all of those actors' version of the Joker. <laughs> I would too. Um,
1: interestingly, John Lithgow, during his audition, attempted supposedly he attempted to talk Burton out of it. And he, uh, he was just like, I don't, I don't think this is a good idea. And later he said he regretted that and saying, I, I didn't realize it would be such a big deal. So. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so we, I mean... Yeah, Tim Curry Joker. Tim man. Curry Joker could have been... David Bowie Joker could have been incredible. Yeah. And weird. Um, see, I would have wanted David
0: Bowie Riddler.
1: Oh, yeah. That yeah. would have been mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, Ray Liotta and James Woods both would have been good. John Lithgow was the Joker. I just can't see.
0: No, but... He, right? Jarvis Tetch... I oh, can totally see that. Yeah. Drawing a little Mad Hatter. Yeah, in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I always, I always thought it should have been Rick Moranis as the Mad Hatter. I always thought, oh, definitely, he would have, yeah, just blown it out of the park.
1: Yeah, um, Robin Williams supposedly lobbied really hard to get the part of the Joker, which again would have been a very different movie.
0: But you know what though, uh, it would have worked. Yeah, and he he was very underrated in his dramatic yeah. stuff. oh, I absolutely. Think, yeah, that he could have, man. Um, how they did the make it, they could have really made that dark,
1: yeah. Um, actress Sean Young was originally cast as Vicki Vale, and
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of stories with her in the Batman franchise and like her going a little bit nuts. Really? Oh, you ever seen the her Catwoman video where no. she was oh, yes, she tried to petition to be Catwoman in the next movie, too, okay. and like. Went off the deep end a little bit. We, oh, we could oh. do an entire podcast about that as okay. well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so... So put a pin in that and okay. go watch that after the, uh, the show. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, so she was, she was cast. She was she was going to be in it. And then uh, got injured in a horse riding accident at, right as filming was about to start. So they needed to replace her. And Kim Basinger was young and pretty and available, so she got hired immediately. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. Um, Tim Burton chose Billy D Williams to play Harvey Dent because he planned to do a future movie with Two-Face. He was like, "Well, if this works this and we works. get to do we'll more, do one. get to do a Harvey Dent as Two-Face." I still
0: would have loved to have seen him as Two-Face.
1: I agree, and he he liked the uh supposedly liked the concept of an African-American Two-Face to do a black and white concept, like kind of play with that. Oh, yeah, thing. that would have been right? interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um unfortunately, as we know, after Burton left, uh <laughs> everything kind of got mixed up and changed around and um.
0: <laughs> yeah, we ended up we with We got ended up with uh Tommy Lee Jones, Tommy Lee Jones. and
1: yeah.
0: Jim um, Curry trying to uh out out Joker the Joker joke each other. Yeah, yeah, it was just it was crazy. It was a
1: very yeah. Yeah. Um oh, I forgot to mention Jack Nicholson had actually been Warner Brothers' uh top choice since 1980 to play the Joker. Really? Um, yeah, like way back when those licenses first happened. Okay. They were just like, "What? What about Jack Nicholson?" And um,
0: wasn't available. Wasn't available. See, wasn't and I available. would have never thought of him for like, if they were thinking about doing it, uh Adam West style. I would oh, He would not no. have been the th- I, yeah, person I'd have thought of. I,
1: and even even after seeing the movie, Robin Williams, yes, one hundred percent. Yeah. But yeah. even after seeing the movie, I don't think I would have cast Jack Nicholson ever. You know, like that's not where my brain goes for the Joker. Yeah. I mean, it worked. It's, I'm
0: that glad it happened. That smile of his, though. They didn't have to do that much. That's true. You know, for that. Like, I mean, yeah, they had to give him the thing to make it keep it up. Right. But right. That that smile of his, man. He's got that, that grin.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> man. Uh, where am I? Train of right. Loss? Uh, yeah. 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 That's fair. That's fair. It's, it, there's, listen, there's a lot. I, I, I do a lot of, like, weird background reading for these episodes and uh it's hard to keep everything straight
0: <laughs> yeah you know one of my my favorite things about this movie yeah. to this day is still that basic figure that every kid I think had yeah that was alive yeah. when this movie came out was... which was the Batman figure yep. with the belt yes that extended out it had a little winch in him to yeah, go back yeah. up. just like the scene in the movie yep. where he rescues Vicki Vale it yes. was that was the commercial and everything uh-huh. like literally they had him like what the other Yep. Figure like winching <laughs> up into the air. I, I'm pretty sure there was a law passed when this movie came out that every kid had to have one of those toys in their toy box. Because
1: between my brother and I, at one point, we had like three or four of them. Yeah,
0: I, I don't think anybody's house that I went to as a kid, when we were sitting down to you know play with toys did. or anything like that at that age, which, didn't have that. Batman. Which
1: goes to show like how big and popular that movie was, right? Yeah. Like. A couple years later, the Berlin Wall comes down. You watch that footage, dude. There's a kid in the Batman shirt running oh, yeah. through the Berlin Wall as it's crumbling. Yeah. Like, Batmania was everywhere. And and in a way that it hadn't been. Like,
0: well, it's never gone away, really. No,
1: it hasn't. Like, people kind of forgot about Batman. And people forget that people forgot about Batman because he's been just so like ubiquitous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Batman's just been so ubiquitous since this movie came out that he's never, ever gone away. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and it's funny, there were only three toys, three action figures released for this movie. Really? There was that Batman, who actually got a couple different releases because they kept trying to remake the face to look more like Michael Keaton. Um, There was the Joker. And Bob, right? And Bob the Goon. Yeah. Yeah, of all the people. And it turns out that it wasn't actually aligned for the movie. It was just Toy Biz had gotten the rights to um, the DC Comics License, oh, okay. Right. So they made all the DC toys, and they're like, "Well, the Batman movie's coming out this year, so why don't we do what we can?" And really, like, at the time, there, we weren't doing like, no one was doing like supporting characters, yeah. so there wasn't going to be a Vicki Vale, there wasn't going to be a, a Eckhart, there wasn't going to be a Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. Right. So like, Batman and Joker are the only two characters you can really do, and then Joker's goons. Yeah. So it's like, well, I guess I guess we'll do Bob.
0: Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> Who's
1: the only one that actually talks, and is the only one with a name? I guess <laughs> oh, well, Lawrence because he plays the boombox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, and then there was you know obviously the Batmobile and the Batwing and the 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 Batcave. Yeah,
0: I had the, you know, because it was the eighties. I had yeah. this like. It was the heaviest toy I've ever owned by far. <laughs> this solid metal version of the Batplane. Okay. That that thing was a deadly weapon. I like, believe if, it. If you'd have thrown that at somebody,
1: oh yeah, lights yeah, out. They're yeah, done.
0: They're yeah, done. Yeah, it was just a giant metal, basically Ninja Star <laughs> Batman <laughs> toy that just like an
1: actual battering.
0: Yeah. It, oh, it was. <laughs> it would have done some damage. That, and it was just heavy.
1: Oh man. Um, speaking of the Batmobile, uh, it turns out John Peters, uh, say what, what, what you will about John Peters based on what we've heard from Kevin Smith's stories, mm-hmm. right? Which if you haven't go look up YouTube, look up Evening of Kevin Smith or John Peter's story and, and it's, there's some insanity in there. Uh, but John Peters did, he was in charge of unifying all of the toy, the tie-ins and stuff for the movie, um, and actually turned down a $6 million dollar offer from General Motors who offered to design the Batmobile. Um, because General Motors wanted creative control over what the final car looked like. Oh, really? Yeah, and he was like, "No, like we're we're going to keep this in house. Like we're going to yeah. make it look the way the director wants. We're not compromising this movie for some money." Yeah. Um, coincidentally, General Motors years later uh, would give um, Michael. Oh my God, the Transformers movies. Michael Bay. Michael Bay, that guy, that jerk. Uh, no, I don't know Michael Bay personally. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, General Motors gave them, like, something like $4 million in cars to use if they agreed to only use General Motors cars. So, like, on one hand, kind of a bummer because that's less diversity in the types of vehicles we're going to see in the movie. On the other hand, hey, that's free money Yeah, that's... that you don't have to put – like, that. you
0: take that out of the budget, right? Yeah, that's a huge so, chunk of change when yeah. you're making a f- movie about things Car. that turn into cars. Yeah. Oh, we don't have to pay for the cars? Yeah. Oh. <laughs>
1: Like, all right, I'm not a fan of that decision, but I get it. Yeah, I, yeah, that's that's a good business decision.
0: Um, the question is, did they throw in the uh, the flamed up?
1: Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that's a whole new discussion for another <laughs> time. Listen, I love Transformers. I don't like that movie. Yeah, I don't really like Batman. I love this movie. That's so, fair. So you, know, you it, know, it's
0: still it's got probably one of my favorite comic book movie soundtracks.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, the score or the soundtrack. Well, because those are two different things. Yeah,
0: yeah. The the, the soundtrack, not not okay. not the score is good. Yes, don't get me wrong. Yeah, the, it was Danny Elfman, wasn't
1: it? it? The score was done by Danny Elfman, yeah. uh, who had only done a couple movies at that point. Yeah, but they included Pee Wee's Big Adventure and Beetlejuice, yeah. both by Tim Burton. Um, supposedly, Elfman was very nervous about what the soundtrack was going to be. Because uh, he had never worked on a movie this big before, yeah. right? Like you screw up on the soundtrack on Pee Wee, it's like, well, some kids aren't gonna notice. You yeah. screw up on Beetlejuice, like, well, here's a silly summer comedy, yeah, not a huge deal. You screw up on
0: Batman, that's freaking Batman.
1: Well, but at the time it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't,
0: but also it was gonna. It, but it be. was a big. It was a big budget movie, though, right? So right, because at the time, like, I mean, we'd had Christopher Reeve Superman, but right. But we cared about superhero movies. Right. You know? But John Williams' score for that was like, amazing. The Dolph Lundgren movie right. went... Yeah. So, you know, it just... <laughs> yeah.
1: But also, the Dolph Lundgren movie didn't have a noticeable score. This is true. Right? It had one, but what's the Punisher's theme song?
0: Yeah. Eh, yeah, No one knows, true. right? That's true. And um, it didn't have a, 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 a bike endorsement or anything. It's just a bike. It's not like
1: right. it's a special bike. Right. <laughs> Um, Danny Elfman. I, this is this is something that I thought thought was interesting. He he enlisted the help of the guitarist Steve Bartek from uh, Oingo Boingo as well, uh, and the composer Shirley Walker. Um, and that's notable because Shirley Walker is the one that did the music for Batman the Animated Series. Okay, so it actually made a lot of sense for Batman the Animated Series to use a modified version of, of the... the movie score. Okay. Um, not only because you know, hey, this is now Batman's theme song, Yeah. right? But also like, oh, it's one of the people that worked on it is doing our music, so why wouldn't you just use the same song? Yeah, right. Um, yeah, so I I thought that was that was super cool. That um, is
0: all Warner Brothers, so it's not.
1: And yeah. it is it is all Warner Brothers. It is all DC Comics, but like you you know that licensing is bullshit.
0: Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's. Just, that's just. That's where they have a little bit of advantage because they have Warner Records and right. Warner Studios. Right. It's like, oh yeah, we, oh, yeah, we'll just license ourselves to play music for ourselves in our own movies. Right. That will be fine.
1: Right. Yeah. That worked out. But even then, like, sometimes things like that don't happen, no, even though no, they totally no, should. Because somebody
0: else has their fingers in the pie and they don't want to give their right. rights to this movie without a huge paycheck. Right. Speaking of
1: music and licensing, uh, you should go to defmrecords.com. And listen to some music by uh, some of those groups there because some of those guys got together and made the Def M Records All-Stars that did our awesome intro music. Yeah. So you should check them out. For sure. <laughs> um, okay. So be- th- this is all before the movie came out that like okay. we've been talking about, right? And the last thing I got to mention is that uh, John Peters read that comic fans were unhappy with the casting of Michael Keaton. Which makes sense because most people had only seen him in a couple of big movies. Yeah. Like Beetlejuice, which is a comedy. And Mr. Well when Mom, he was cast
0: as Batman, Beetlejuice hadn't come out yet. That's
1: also true. And Mr. Mom, where, you know, he plays a housewife. Yeah. Um not exactly inspiring confidence in the general movie-going public about, uh, you know, hey, we're not doing Adam West again.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah, when you think of Batman, you think of somebody that's <laughs> built like Dolph Lundgren was in the right, 80s. Right, Not built like Michael Keaton in the Or 80s. you might
1: think of, you know, Mel Gibson or Kevin Costner or yeah. Charlie Sheen or Bill Murray? Maybe less so that. Okay, but-
0: Charlie Sheen would actually be a good example of that because that would have been, like, around the Major League time and everything. Yeah. He was young. He was super in shape. Yeah. Was, you know, like definitely a sex symbol-looking kind of guy. Yeah. And- so that would have made sense yeah. if they were looking for just a pure looks kind of thing.
1: Um, so if you, you – can, you can look on YouTube and you can find this. There is an early, early teaser trailer for this movie. Mm-hmm. And it is just a bunch of scenes slapped together with no score, no music because uh, Elfman hadn't finished the music yet. Oh, yeah. Uh, nor had Prince, right? So this played the Christmas before, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it literally was like people are not happy. Let's get them excited. And and they th- slapped together some scenes um, and just threw it out there. And it is a rough trailer. Like it's cool because it's a piece of like movie history, mm-hmm. right? And it's cool to see like, oh, this is all we had to go by. But like watching it now, have you know, thirty years later, having yeah. seen the movie a bunch of times, like it's kind of a rough trailer. But it was interesting to watch that and just be like, this, this is the thing that got people excited for this
0: movie. Yeah,
1: this would not work today. <laughs> <laughs> but in 1988. It did.
0: It worked out fine.
1: Uh, Supposedly, people were applauding after seeing the trailer. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, people's expectations were just met and surpassed. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. So much so that um, late night previews, June 22nd, 1989, the movie grossed $2.2 million, which was
0: a ton. Was a ton in 1989
1: money. Um, By the time the film. Oh, so that was on 1,215 screens. Um, and opening weekend, it did forty point four nine million dollars across two thousand one hundred ninety four screens.
0: That was huge for eighty nine. That
1: was huge. Um, the film closed December fourteenth, nineteen eighty nine. That was the oh, last wow. time it was in theaters. So it was in theaters for six months. Wow. Um, it did come out on video, like I said, in November. So there, I mean, that was kind of second run theaters towards the end there. But yeah. like, there was six months you could go see Batman in theaters. That's that's. Which is unheard. Like, today, everything's gone after, like, six weeks. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> the, only,
0: the only other movie I can think of that was, like, that was Titanic. Like, yeah. that movie was in tears forever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Batman... It made, like, $411 million by the time of its box office. Wow, that's impressive for an 89 movie.
0: Yeah. yeah, Um,
1: I translated that to today's money, uh, adjusted for inflation, and that's $889,955,431.45. And
0: that's the domestic box office? That is worldwide. Worldwide. Okay. So uh,
1: Batman effectively would have been a billion-dollar movie
0: by comparison, right? So Um, because if you put it the population surge things like that all kinds of other things more more countries having access to cinemas more just places in America like my small town having more than one cinema now (laughs) right yeah
1: well and I mean for comparison right Batman opened on 2,194 screens there's more
0: screens now yeah right I mean well just like for instance like you said my small town we had the one theater that burned down when it came out now there's two theaters in town with I think they've got, like, 16 screens in that tiny little small town. Yeah. You know, which doesn't seem like a lot compared, you know, big cities no, there. But, but. We went from one burned-down theater. To 16 screens. <laughs> 16 screens, screens now.
1: Right? Yeah. I mean, Avengers opened on, like, 4,500 Right, yeah. Avengers uh, Endgame opened on like forty five hundred screens, which is over twice as many. Yeah, right. So, like, you give people more chances to see movies, the more people are going to see movies. See Although, yeah. six, also, you have six months to go see Batman. Yeah. So,
0: you know, well, that's probably but, also because there was less screens, so more time and more theater right, and things like that. Too. Right.
1: Um. So, Batman came out on VHS, later DVD and Blu-ray over the years. Um, when it first came out, it was at an MSRP of twenty four ninety five. Uh, which, you know, was average for movies yeah. at the time. Um, it came out on Ultra HD Blu-ray June 4th last year, so right in time for the 30th anniversary. Oh, okay. Right? Um, and Tim Burton joked that uh, ever since I did Batman, it was like the first dark comic book movie. Now everyone wants to do dark and serious superhero movie. I guess I'm the one responsible for that trend. Which, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not wrong. <laughs> um, Hollywood uh, in general, and I, I saw this on... I want to say it was like AMC or Turner Classic Movies or something. There was mm-hmm. like they used to do a thing called a uh, uh, DVD on TV.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? That was a fun show. I liked yeah, that. And yeah, and so
1: it was. It was basically they yeah, just showed sort
0: of the special features and stuff during commercials or before, yeah, or after, well, and when thing.
1: you're watching it, like it would do like little pop-up video things. Yeah, right. Little little blips would pop up with facts, and and uh, I remember seeing on one of those that um, the success of Batman in 1989 uh, inspired Hollywood producers to create movies both based on comic books and reimagining of classic TV shows. And if you think about a lot of the movies that came out in the early 90s, yeah. there were a lot of old TV shows suddenly becoming yes, movies. Yes, there were. Right? I mean, there were some good ones, right? The Adam Family movies, I yeah. don't think anyone oh, would fantastic. say are... Yeah, those are all good. Um, you know, there's some that aren't necessarily great, but were super fun, like the Flintstones movie, the first one. Yeah. Right. It's not great, but it's fun. Especially, yeah. And it's a kid's movie. Yeah. Right? Uh, Beverly, oh, it was great for
0: a kid's movie. Yeah. Like, I mean, especially... At the time, it was it was a great yeah. movie.
1: Yeah, I don't know about Rosie O'Donnell as Betty Rubble still, but
0: uh, that was a choice they made. She was popular at the time. She was popular. You know, I just I I don't think she like would probably be the best choice, but right. She was yeah, popular, but it was fine. Yeah. Um. She was another name to attach to the movie.
1: Yeah. Is it Jane Krakowski that plays Jenna Maroney on Thirty Rock? Okay. Yes, I think so. Okay. I believe so. Well, anyways, she ended up playing Betty in the sequel. Yeah. Uh, which was a much better fit. <laughs> also, one of those things that like. When I happened to randomly be looking up her filmography one day, I was like, wait, what? She was, oh, I guess she was Betty in Viva Rock Vegas. Weird. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Anyways. But yeah, I and mean, we saw, like, yeah. the 90s were full of those, like the Charlie's yeah. Angels movies. I mean, everything. Yeah, like the 90s. Car 54, forward. Where Are You? Yeah. Sergeant Bilko. Um, um,
1: uh, Beverly Hills. The
0: wasn't Dragnet remade a second time? I believe so. <laughs> like, because I know there was the one in, like, I'm pretty sure there was one in the 80s and there was one in the 90s, wasn't I think,
1: there? I think you might be right. Yeah. Yeah. And then even like the superhero thing, right? Like yeah, okay, we didn't get a bunch of the main Marvel and DC heroes, but the crow, the mask, yeah. barbed wire, right? Like there's another just,
0: rated R superhero movie yeah. before Deadpool. Yeah. The crow.
1: Yeah. Um there were just there were a ton of of like a tank girl, right? A ton yeah. of like lesser
0: known uh, mostly well, yeah. dark. Tank Wars. girl, most people didn't even know that was a comic book. Right. To be yeah. fair. Yeah. Like that no, came out sure. and people were like, Wait, there's a comic book? You mean <laughs> they made a comic book of the movie, right? No no no. No, no. no, no. no. It's it was, a comic. It's
1: a comic first. What? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and it's funny having watched that movie after read some of the com- reading some of the comics. It's like, oh, everyone's playing this movie straight except for the girl playing Tank Girl, who's playing it like the comic. Yeah, what a weird like tonal clash that movie is. Yeah,
0: like, that's a strange movie. Yeah, yeah. She was
1: great though. She was. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: it was a weird tone of a movie, definitely. But you know what? I got I got to give uh, uh old um, Tim Burton credit though because. Yeah. Uh, the Crow is one of my all-time favorite movies, and if it hadn't been for Michael Keaton's Batman, that movie probably would have never, ever oh, gotten made. absolutely not. Like, just, yeah. uh, like, on the other hand, though, we might still have Brandon Lee. Yeah. Yeah, that's... So that's an interesting juxtaposition, yeah. like, <laughs> what would we be better <laughs> off what? with with Michael what? Keaton's Batman or with Brandon Lee? Like, that, oh.
1: What could have been? Yeah, the cause. Um, I have one last note, and then we've got plenty of times to just kind of talk about yeah. my memory stuff. But um, in 1977, so before any of this, Steve Englehart, uh, you know, famous comic writer, um, had taken over writing detective comics for uh, about nine issues. Mm-hmm. Um, he had Walt Simonson, Marshall Rogers, Pencilers, and, and 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 in that arc, and I did kind of flip through these online uh, before we got in here, just because just I, I found this note and I was like, this is weird. Um, he's basically the one that recreated Batman as the pulp-oriented darker character. Um, and the first one in years to make the Joker a homicidal maniac again. Um, that story also introduced Silver Saint Cloud. Oh. Which is interesting because Silver Saint Cloud was who was going to be the love interest in the movie before Vicky Vale. Huh. Right? Um, Engelhart claims that his storyline was loosely adapted as this Batman film. And he's uncredited as being a, a you know inspiration for it. interesting um having and i didn't i didn't sit down and read them hardcore but i did skim through them and there are the last two issues of his run with the joker do have some similarities oh yeah um it, it it's it is a very loose adaptation if it's an adaptation at all yeah um but for example it does end with batman and joker fighting on a rooftop um you
0: know, the, but that's, to be fair, though he wasn't the first one to do that. He was
1: not the first one to do that. Um, Joker did use the Joker gas um, and sneak it into Gotham in a in a sneaky way. All right, so in the movie, uh, Joker laces a yeah. bunch of different. I guess chemicals. we can say spoilers, but if you yeah. haven't seen it by now, listen. Spoilers for thirty one year old on, movie. You than on us. <laughs> Um, Joker uses chemicals in a bunch of different product, like household products, yeah. and when you combine them. That's what creates the new Joker gas that causes everyone to, to die, basically. Um, in the comic story, Englehart uh, wrote that Joker infected a bunch of fish. So it's just anyone
0: that eats fish. Oh, I remember the story right? now. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. So,
1: like, it's there, and I, I, it's plausible that Englehart has an argument to be made there. But also, it's different enough, and there were enough Batman and Joker stories that did stuff like that, that, where it's like... Well, yeah, Yeah, and but... you can say
0: that the Joker putting the stuff in the fish thing could have been taken just from the real world, Mercury and the tuna and stuff like that that they were dealing with back then. Yeah, yeah kind yeah. Like, there's, there's plenty of analogies. You can I... Not not to take anything away from him. Like, no, but... no,
1: and listen, Steve Englehart is a wonderful comic creator yeah. um, and is not credited historically as the person that made Batman darker, right? That's yeah. absolutely given to Neil Adams, who took over the book immediately after him. Yeah. Um, and honestly made a much bigger impact on yeah. Batman overall. Yeah. So, like, you know but it, it just that that was an interesting thing to read that Engelhart considers himself as an uncredited inspiration for the movie and I was like well he's
0: not entirely wrong but no. he may
1: not be entirely right either.
0: Yeah so I can see where they would have taken pieces from like part of his run and yeah. part of other runs to make the movie And
1: like, I I feel like that's probably more accurate yeah. um but yeah who knows
0: Yeah who knows That's interesting Yeah No that that movie was interesting like it was just so different than anything else I'd seen when I was a kid. Yeah, just because one of the scenes that always sticks out in my mind is when Jack Nicholson is—he's like in the chair and the mm-hmm. the that surgeon's like trying to help him out and you know I didn't have enough time yeah, just yeah. kind of like free. and then that part where he like looks at himself in the mirror with those banged and wrapped up hands uh-huh. and everything and just then just starts cackling and smashes that mirror and yeah. pushes the doctor and just runs with. just that scene was just so unique and just so <laughs> different like yeah. it's just it's, it's such a creepy tone and scene to it like mm-hmm. that was one of the scenes that's always just stuck out in my mind and just always when I was a kid going oh
1: you know, yeah, just just sticking yeah. to it.
0: That it was just it was such a neat, neat thing to see and just just different. Like mm-hmm. I hadn't seen anything like that mm-hmm. up to that point as a kid.
1: Yeah. Um man, yeah, there's so many cool moments in that movie for a kid. Yeah. Right. Like watching it as an adult, I'm like, man, I can't believe that it was okay for me to watch this. Because there's some stuff in there that like definitely just went right over my head. Oh yeah. Right. Um I, I just wanted to see Batman beat up bad guys. Yeah, as, as a kid, right? But watching it now, I'm like, man, this is actually like a really, it's a pretty good, deep story. I don't know that it's all executed the best that it could be, or that it all comes together quite right. But like, there's there's a really good movie in here somewhere. Oh
0: yeah, Oh, uh, it's fun all the little like things that they put into it. Like one of the things that I didn't notice until years later when I was, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I was definitely an adult when I noticed it was. Uh, when uh, I always want to call him Marty Knox I don't know if that's the right name uh, Alexander, Alexander Knox, Knox. Yeah. Uh, the reporter he holds up that picture of the Batman the cartoon yes. it's actually drawn by Bob Kane yes. it's got his little name in the corner and uh-huh. everything there's it's little touches <laughs> like that it's like okay I like that that's a fun little
1: Knox is uh, I feel has been underrepresented in media um, he, he's a guy that I think would have been a fun action figure um, oh,
0: yeah. Right. Well, I mean, they they did, however, uh, give a little bit of justice here recently. Uh, in the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover that they did on the CW, yeah. uh, he was a representative for the Batman 89 That's true. part of the, the yeah. crossover because they brought everything they possibly could to tie in yeah. to say, yes, it's a DC universe. <laughs> like, no, it's not just a movie. It's not It is yeah, everything. It's, it's the DC it's, multiverse. Yeah. Everything. We've been doing multiverse for stuff for Ever. decades. Yeah. Deal with it. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> and uh, they, they, he was in there, and he was sitting there reading the Gotham Gazette, which was the newspaper in the yep. movie. And he's yep. sitting there, and they used the same font, like the bold, like they pulled uh, 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 all the images straight off the movie and remade uh, the, uh-huh. the font type and everything. So it looks exactly like the that's cool. The same newspaper, like just years later, and that's him, cool. Him sitting there, and the bat signal coming on from the Batman movie. They mm-hmm. used the same uh, image and everything for it, and. Go get him, big guy. You know, just it was a fun little just it's like a five second little clip, but it's just a fun little, you yeah. know, little nod to that. And it was neat to see him willing to come back and do that again because yeah. he didn't need to do that whatsoever. Not but not at all. It was also a fun little homage to that Batman yes. movie. because yeah. They're canonizing it a little bit to the DC universe, the mm-hmm. multiverse. Mm-hmm. And that was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um I <laughs> there's there's and and you know, going back, there are just so many weird little like one liners there, right? Just like Alexander Knox, for example, just be like, king of the Wicker people. Yeah. Right? I I never, like, for years, I didn't know what he was talking about, right? And it was just that random suit of armor that was in the Wayne Manor. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, like, I, I didn't know what Wicker was as a kid, right? Okay. And it just, it didn't, none of that made any sense. But, like, just that phrase and the way he says it is so emphatic, like,
0: Oh, what is what is the king of the wicker people? That sounds awesome. Yeah, and that was such a weird scene too. All those different weird like suits of armor or right. mannequins or whatever in that yeah. like that strange armory in Wayne Manor. <laughs> it's like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, yeah. Um, but there were so many things fun, and you know, we didn't talk about the other the actual soundtrack soundtrack. No, we did not talk about the
1: Prince soundtrack. No.
0: Yeah, which is one of my all-time favorite soundtracks. I mean, it's Prince. You can't ever go wrong with Prince. That
1: was actually the first audio cassette that I ever got as a kid. Really? Yeah, uh, it was that and Aretha, uh, Aretha Franklin's greatest hits. Okay. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I I only knew the one Aretha Franklin song. Yeah. Respect. Um. And but like the Batman soundtrack was all songs from the movie, so yeah. of course I was going to listen to that a lot. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I, I definitely memorized that album long before I knew what any of those songs were talking
0: about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was something that was funny as growing up and watching that movie over the years. Going like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, there's a lot of things I didn't get when I was a kid. Like the whole scene with Bruce Wayne in Vicki Vale's apartment with him and Jack Nicholson. Where like that flew over my head as a kid. I yeah. didn't really like, get. I just like, oh, it's just two guys fighting over a girl kind of thing. Like yeah. just the entire like gravity of that entire situation like Totalized. over my head as a kid. Yeah. Completely like just. <laughs> Didn't get any of it. The the uh, the thing with uh, – and I can't remember her, her name. It was Jack Nicholson's character's girlfriend. Oh, Alicia. Alicia. There yeah. we go, Alicia. Yeah,
1: that whole that whole weird thing with, yeah. with him and, and the crime boss, Grisham. And,
0: yeah, yeah, and the, like the melted face that he gives her later uh-huh. on and then brings her mask in. Like, Alicia threw herself from the building today. You know, yeah. Just like <laughs> – yeah, a lot of the things in that movie flew over my head as a kid that yeah. rewatching the dog, I'm like, yeah, this is pretty dark. <laughs> like, yeah. all right. Yeah. Didn't notice it as a kid, though. It was fun times. Joker's got a big old long gun. There's a bat plane. <laughs> like, that. that's what I cared about, you know?
1: Man, that scene in Vicky's apartment has another couple of pretty good lines, right? The, oh, uh, yeah. Joker's, uh, never rub another man's rhubarb. Yeah. Um, which, you know, that's, that is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I never understood Bruce Wayne's, you want to get nuts? Let's get knocked. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I never understood that as a kid, but watching that Zelda, I was like, oh, oh, he's calling Joker out for killing his parent. Like, I just, the whole thing went right over my head.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, that right. and then the whole like, okay, he's trying to like deescalate and escalate the situation at the same time, like yeah. trying to like save Vicky Vale's life at the same time, trying yeah. to like distract this guy so he's not brutally murdered. He's got to get him just to shoot him real quick because right. otherwise he's dead. There's a bunch of people in here and he can't exactly reveal that he's Batman. Right, <laughs> right, <laughs> just, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> just a really like weird scene and situation and just like it, it was really cool. And then yeah. that scene in the uh, the art gallery when they're they're going through and the Messing up all the paintings and stuff. And, and Party
1: Man by Prince starts playing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. yep.
0: That's that was... uh oh man.
1: Yeah. That I mean that that scene is probably the thing that made me like Prince as a musician. Yeah. Right? Because what is this weird song about a party playing while and they're you know, in that scene. Up? Yeah.
0: There's a painting that the Joker saves. Yes. And I've never been able to figure out what the heck that painting is. Oh, I don't know. It looks like some kind of weird, like, flesh totem pole. I don't know what it is. It's just weird. Uh, I've never been able to figure out what the heck that painting is.
1: I wonder if Nicholson just ad-libbed that.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Right?
1: Like, because, so, uh, yeah, something else that, that I, I found that I forgot to take notes on is Nicholson was actually on a weird shooting schedule mm-hmm. where he was like, yeah, I'll be available for, like, these few days, this time during the day, and I'm that's all that I'm going to be available. So you're going oh, really? to yeah, so you're gonna have to get my scenes over the span of, like, three weeks and then everyone else is gonna have to shoot around me
0: um, that probably explains the because I, I always noticed there was quite a bit of consistency with his makeup mm-hmm. in all the scenes. so if they yeah. were shooting them in one day, yeah, that would be why yes, yeah, <laughs> probably yeah yeah that makes more sense now okay. <laughs> Yeah, Nicholson
1: uh, kind of steals the show in that movie, too. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, which, I mean, makes sense because it's the Joker, and he is a far more charismatic character than anyone else in the Batman universe. I mean, even uh, then, he
0: literally gets the last laugh.
1: Oh, that's actually true. Huh. Yeah, there's not another laugh in that movie.
0: No. he huh. he. The movie ends with the... The little box.
1: Yeah. That's funny. Um, one scene. Speaking of the art gallery scene, one one line that he has is uh, Vicky's like, "What do you want?" And he goes, "My face on the one dollar bill." Yeah. And something that I didn't catch in the movie uh, oh, because yes. it's it's just kind of like it, you're not going to catch it on an
0: old the funny you know. money.
1: Yeah, the the money that Joker's giving away during his parade at the end is joker dollars yeah he's it's, gassing it's,
0: everybody and throwing out fake money and right. nobody notices they're just it's, they're just it's his
1: face on the one dollar bill into a mad mob which i didn't notice until i read the comic adaptation uh which i happen to own and i brought in so we could both look at that today um, yeah and there there is a panel where someone you know and this must have been in the script and cut from the movie but yeah someone is like Wait, this isn't a real dollar. And it There's shows a is a. There's one part cool where
0: somebody has a fistful of it and they like put it over their mouth to try to okay. like. To cover the gas. The gas yeah. And you can see it really good. Okay. On that one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But not, oh, really? not on my little old CRT fuzzy television okay. as a kid. Right? When I was
0: a kid, I was like three inches away from the television okay. watching it. And, and we had one of those <laughs> like leftover from the 70s, one of those like 500 pound televisions. Yeah. A like, was like a piece it was of big. big. Yeah. It was big, but I mean, it, it literally took three people to like turn it. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it, it was it, not the best quality picture, but, uh, you know, as a little kid watching my cartoons and stuff, like three inches away from the TV, you could see a lot of those. <laughs>
1: This episode's been fun. Yeah, yeah. I just looked, so, in, and we have a minute left. Yeah, we're so. almost out of time. Yeah. So, uh,
0: but yeah, let us know what you guys think about the Batman movie. Let us know if yeah. you wanted us to do any other, uh, you know, little things like this on uh, movies from the past or anything like that. But yeah. this this movie's always held a special place in my heart because it you. was just fun. Yeah. Uh, it was one of those movies that my mom and dad would watch with me when I'd want to watch it. It was one of the few that they were like, okay, yeah, we'll watch that one again. Oh, that's fine. Because it was always one of those, you know, we don't want to watch that again. Yeah, <laughs> you know, kids kind of stuff. But it was one that they, I could usually talk them into like, okay, yeah, we'll watch it. This and Princess Bride. Were like the two that I could always talk oh, about watching. We
1: could do an episode on Princess Bride. Oh, too. we could
0: do an entire do show like on, Princess on Princess Bride for like Bride. years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, yeah, th- those movies that I could always get them to put in that yeah. they're usually not, you know, not, not 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 like okay, yeah, we'll watch that again, Josh. Yeah. You know, because you're a kid, you like to. Yeah. That's the things you like. You want to watch those things. Um, but um,
1: yeah, yeah, last last thing I want to say is is about the comic adaptation. Hey, if you are the type of person who would like to see a, a beautiful comic adaptation of this movie, um, DC did just re release it last year for the 30th anniversary. Actually, like just a few weeks, it was it came out in November of uh, 2019. Um, so you should be able to find it's a nice hardcover edition. It's fifteen bucks, um, which you know is a little more expensive than the original five dollar cover price, but also inflation.
0: And it's a hardcover. <laughs> well, yeah, you're getting a hardcover. Um, and, the like, you've got to really give it to him. The artwork oh, on this is just so out of good. control. It, yeah. it, the likeness that he was able to get with this was – Jerry Ardway's artwork is incredible. Yeah. And
1: everyone everyone looks like the actors to yeah, like an almost disturbing degree.
0: Yeah, it's, it's surprising. It's not something that I – I remember reading this when I was a kid but not paying attention to that because right. I was a kid. And yeah, same Looking here. back at it now as an adult going like, oh, man. Yeah. No other movie adaptation, like, comic that I ever read had the detail that this one has in it. Right. Or was as close to the actual movie right. as this one is. Yeah. Like, it, just, it seems like, I mean, I, I had a Roger Rabbit one that was, like, crazy dark and nothing at all like the movie. I had a Dick Tracy one that was nothing like the movie. You know, just yeah, a bunch like, of these comic book adaptations that they did. That had nothing to do with the movies. I've
1: got a handful. I've got the Ninja Turtles one, which was done by Kevin Eastman. So, like, hey, if it's inaccurate, I don't care. It's by the guy that created the Turtles. Yeah. Um, I have the Terminator 2 one that Marvel put out, right? But both of those, you're right. Like, they aren't as accurate to the movies as the Batman
0: one. And Well, even the artwork isn't nearly as accurate. Right. Let alone the story. Like, the story is super accurate. But... The artwork, looks everybody, like, like, I look at this as, oh, that is Michael Keaton. That is, right. you know, Jack Nichols. Like, they right. they look like their counterparts in the movie. It just, yeah. It's surprising. It's not something that you see in adaptations for movies. Even today, the Disney adaptations of the Star Wars movies, <laughs> the car, like they don't look like the actors no. on the comic book page. Like, no. they kind of do because the costumes look similar. Right. But you don't usually see, like, it's it, – Yeah. The it's... person on the panel, like, yeah, sometimes it looks like the actor. Not all the time. Yeah. This, every panel, it looks like Michael Keaton. It's but Also, it's not
1: everyone's Jerry way.
0: This is very true. So, very true.
1: Um, all right, guys. Well, we are we are over time now. So yep. uh, if you bought the comic adaptation, let us know on social media. Or if you just want to talk about Batman, I'll talk about this movie and basically nothing else. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hit us up on social media, Atomic Monsoon on, Insta- uh, on Twitter and Facebook, Atomic underscore Monsoon on Instagram. Um, you can email us at AtomicMonsoon at gmail.com. Uh, if you're listening to an episode and you have a thought and you're like, oh, man, I want to say something about this moment, just tweet us. Hit us up on Twitter, right? Yeah. And, and just be like, hey, when you were talking about this, I had this thought. And we'll read them on the air. Yeah. I, I would love to have more continuity between episodes. That would be great.
0: Yeah. Um, or if you have ideas, things you guys want us to talk about, always throw those things at us. We'd, yes. We'd, we'd, yeah. We're happy to talk about everything and anything because we could do it forever. So. Yes. <laughs>
1: Alright guys, we'll catch you soon. Have a great week. Bye.
0: Honey, you'll never believe what happened to me today.